it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS. We are with you until 6 o'clock tonight. The phone lines are open. 356-9397 is the number. Plenty to talk about. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Scott Ritchie is next to him. And Bob Osmussen is in the corner as we get going here on the Monday Night Show. Matthew, how are you doing? Did any of you guys venture near campus today by any chance uh, over the weekend? Uh, that's a negative. Uh, <laughs> and if I did, uh, I have driven through campus a few times in, in the last couple of months, but it's always been in my car. I have not gotten out or anything like that. And I had the windows up as well. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, first day of classes. I know the, the case numbers have gone up, and, and that was to be expected uh, in this area, this community at all. But... We're just going to have to wait and see what uh, what happens. And on the sports front, it's you know weird thinking that students are back on campus. And this time of year, we're usually talking about Illinois football and you know breaking down the depth charts and you know hearing dissecting everything that Lovey Smith and his players have to say. And we're not doing that this year. We're, we're waiting and, and hoping that a uh, college football season for Illinois and other Big Ten schools can happen at some point this upcoming school year. But when that happens, no one really knows right now as we sit here in, in late August. The Associated Press released its top 25. Bob Osmussen, a voter on the AP Top 25 college football poll. Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, and Iowa made the top 25 at least this right. week. Right. They'll be, they'll be out. Next poll will be, the I think, at the weekend of the 12th, that weekend. So that's the next time I vote. Obviously, it's going to be a lot different, uh, but I um, I went with uh, – I had Ohio State, Ohio State 3. Clemson number one on my ballot. And Minnesota, I think, 10. Penn State, 6. So uh, it should be – I think it's going to be interesting. I'm glad they be, glad the AP did what they did. I think it's important to kind of set a bar. Here's where teams were. Here's where we think they are. There's going to be an All-American team come out tomorrow. Similar. It will be players – from every school. So Micah Parsons, I assume, will be on it from Penn State. Even though he's opted out, so everybody will be on there. Ohio State will be our players. I've had several Big Ten players on there. So, and don't be surprised, actually, if Blake Hayes, hey, he might be, no, they don't, don't do the second team, one team. He'll certainly be on the postseason. Well, depends on how they do it. <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, I walked around. Well, you know, I was thinking all year he's going to be, because there's a lot of great punters in the country. I really thought he, at the end of the year it would be a second-team All-American. But I think that's unlikely now because he's not playing. So, obviously, it should be, but it won't. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be weird this fall, uh, you know, not knowing. Uh, th- th- like you said, Bob, those AP polls, you know, the first one they decided to do uh, to include all teams. And then right. from there on after, they're just going to have teams that are – 
playing this season and and right now that's you know what 60 some teams in in FBS uh, football obviously three of the five power conferences and the ACC SEC and Big 12 are all proceeding as if they're going to play as as scheduled but right you know as we sit here a month away from their season starting off in a conference only format not really sure you know the odds of, of that happening I think you know a month before the Big Ten uh, released its schedule, its conference-only schedule, its revised schedule, that I think a lot of people felt confident that Illinois was going to have a season and, and the other Big Ten schools, and then the, the rug was pulled out from under them, and they're all still kind of uh, adapting to to a fall with no college football. Scott Ritchie with us as well, covers football and basketball. A little bit of good news, I guess, if you're looking for good news nuggets. The um, Illini football team got a transfer immediate eligibility ruling on a wide receiver, Brian Hightower, who transferred to Illinois from Miami. So whenever <laughs> Illinois plays next, they'll have a little depth at wide receiver. Yeah, and it's, I think, a little unclear just how many seasons you'll actually have Ooh, to play. Great question. You know, given the fact that yeah. he got the waiver so he doesn't have to sit a year. You mean there's uncertainty surrounding yeah, college football this, and then this year? If even if Illinois plays in January or March or whenever, that's not going to count against him, and then he still could have two more years. I think at least after that, it's it's either way um, for a team that typically has not gotten good news via transfer waivers. There's one, you know, at least uh, doesn't do Luke Good any favors, but yeah. Whenever Illinois plays next, they will have Brian Hightower on the field. It's just Luke Ford, you mean? Not Luke Goody. It's basketball. Right I said here. Luke Ford. You did? My hearing's off. No, today, he said Luke Goody, but he meant Luke Ford. Yeah. Luke Ford. Luke, thank thank you, you, Luke thank Ford, you, any good. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> okay. How about that? I, I still think I said Luke Ford. Well, maybe they will. We'll, we'll go to the, the po- tape. Listen yeah. to the podcast it's, later. It's being not, recorded so. for posterity. Yeah, so. it's not worth it. We've off, gone off the rails, and it was not my fault for the first well, time. Well, you kind of walked around a few times about Blake Hayes' All-American ah, status. So. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe you were just going to carry on the conversation with yourself. I could do that. And, and just Pretty much. I do that at home all the time. I'm talking to myself constantly. Or the dog. The dog, I, one of these days, he's going he's gonna to answer me. Then I may probably have another heart attack. So did you get your son back to, to the University of Iowa? Yes, and maybe you, I'm not uh, sure that's such a good thing because they, they had a lot of positive cases, not a surprise based on my observation. So, yeah, the, he's there. And hopefully doing everything his mom told him to do. I kept saying to what him. What did his dad tell him to do? His dad said, assume everybody's got it. I really said that. Okay. said, assume everybody's got it. Got it. I didn't say well, you're in trouble if you get it because that would be the opposite of what you have to say. But I said what I always said to him, be careful. And that's kind of the obvious thing to say to everybody, be careful. And I say that the same thing to the kids on campus. I did a story for Sunday about what the university is doing here. To me, it looks like they're trying to do everything possible to make this work. And it seems like a pretty logical thing, pretty sophisticated thing. I think they've got a chance. But if they are, as they said, going to have some cases. They know that. It's just the question is how, many, how high that level gets. It's starting to look like that the Big Ten athletic directors, Matt, were all in favor of playing football this fall. 
But apparently they weren't asked, or they didn't get a chance to weigh in too much on it. Yeah, Sam McKeon, a great college football reporter for the Omaha World-Herald, uh, had a detailed story this, this past weekend, talked to Bill Moose, the Nebraska athletic director, and, and Moose was kind of, I can see why he would say this, because Nebraska has been very out in front of all this, saying they want to have a college football season for many reasons. But also, too, he indicated that, like you mentioned, Steve, all the Big Ten athletic directors seem to be on the same page when it came to trying to play a college football season this fall. And then it seemed, again, according to Moose's statements, that Kevin Warren kind of acted as a de facto spokesman for all the athletic directors and all the the meetings that Big Ten presidents and chancellors were having. And then the presidents and chancellors kind of decided to go ahead and assert their power and say, well, they're not having a college football season. So... I don't know how Josh Whitman, you know, Illinois athletic director, feels about that, but uh, it's certainly an interesting story and certainly raises the drama in what's been a drama-filled two weeks for the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, it's not going away anytime soon, even though Kevin Warren has come out. You know, he did last Wednesday with his open letter and saying that the decision's final and they're not going to revisit it. So I guess he gets the, the last call on it. But it is an interesting dichotomy to see all the different subplots that have emerged in this Big Ten saga these last two weeks and how the athletic directors seem to kind of have different opinions than university presidents and there just seems to be kind of a a whole lot of miscommunication from from some of the leaders at Big Ten schools. Speaking of communication or lack thereof, I think uh, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten could use a good PR firm Maybe could have used or one. A, a, a PR firm. Yeah. Any PR exactly. firm. We could uh, offer the services of Kelly Osmus and Daniels and Ritchie. I don't know. Right. If, here's don't know if here's my first advice. If you're coming to us after the fact, you've already blown it. Right. <laughs> right. There's that. Really but, bad. I mean, and the Big Ten Council of Chancellors and Presidents also put Kevin Warren out on an island by himself. And right. Welcome to Lake. Yeah, here you go. He was on an island by himself for eight days, and he probably didn't even realize it because he just kind of kept to himself. Yeah, but like, there's been zero support from from them for a decision that they made and had him announce to the world. So, I mean, he's been dumped on for oh, however long this by everyone, by every, literally everyone, right? For yeah. the last and it wasn't years. his decision to make. He was yeah, just the. I, I think that's unfortunate. The front man for it. And, I mean, obviously he's the commissioner and, it, you know, some of it comes down to him, but it wasn't he wasn't the one vote if a vote happened and people can't even agree on that. Right. So. It is 521. This is Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397 is the number. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmus, and Steve Kelly. We're back in just a moment. Stay with us. Moving up on 525, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly with you, along with Bob Ospison, Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, until 6-356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in and want to talk about Big Ten football, the lack thereof, college football, do you think they'll eventually play, or what's going to happen this fall? The Big Ten, I think probably Matt is rooting that nobody else gets to play either. 
I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, it's just the, the, the optics of it. You know, we've talked about it. What seems ad nauseum now for the, these past two weeks, ever since the Big Ten elected to uh, postpone its, its college football season. But you just look at a state like Iowa where the Iowa Hawkeyes can't play this fall, but the Iowa State Cyclones can. And it's just very perplexing. And you look to the state of, like, Ohio where the Ohio State Buckeyes can't play, but the Cincinnati Bearcats can play. And it's just – it's all very odd. And, again, I think this goes to the bigger point, too, of just how much in disarray college football was before the pandemic and now it's just being exposed on a public, very public front about all the, all the issues that have crept up. And I think this, again, goes to the bigger question, too, of just the need for kind of one consistent voice in college football instead of all these various – college commissioners because if you're greg sankey the sec commissioner i don't know if you want to go into a zoom meeting with a bunch of university presidents and ad's and coaches and say i don't know if we should have a football season i think there might be a revolt if that were to happen especially in the south and i just think there's so many different factions and we're all seeing that play out here and it's just very disheartening to to see it all unfold the way it has I've lived in the state of Illinois twice as long as I lived in the state of Ohio. I've spent the first 20 years of my life in the state of Ohio. still have some friends there. I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend. They are just up in mm-hmm. arms over there because Ohio State is the number one game in the state, regardless mm-hmm. of the Browns or the Bengals yep. or anybody else. And they're playing Pop Warner football. They're playing high school football. They're playing uh, pro football, but no Ohio State football. And people are just... It's like a religion over there. Oh, yeah, exactly. I remember when I was on the Illinois football beat, I think one time we were driving over there for a game or something. They had, I think, a seven- or eight-hour pregame coverage (laughs) uh, before the game, and and they had plenty to talk about, too. And uh, Yeah, it is, you know, this past Friday night I was in the office, and uh, Illinois high school football wouldn't have kicked off last Friday night. It was was scheduled to this upcoming Friday night, but that won't happen now until at least early March. But it was weird seeing reports of, high school football games being played just over the state line in in indiana and knowing that that won't happen in illinois this fall is just it's just a weird weird world that we're all living in right now some cases it'd be just a matter of a mile or two exactly you've got a high school game going on and then over here you've got nothing yeah i mean my, uh just to go back on that point real quick michael o'brien the the preps writer for the sun times who does a great job uh, i saw him tweet out that he was at a game five miles over the state line in indiana because they could have high school football but if you drove five miles back west towards illinois nothing going on i would imagine bob is the same kind of situation in iowa with iowa state oh, yes in That's, addition to the high schools oh major anchor there and uh where i grew up in nebraska obviously major anchor there they're going to keep filing suits until something happens but yeah iowa definitely the split. It's it's like with Cincinnati and Ohio State. That's it's a problem of you one of your rivals or a school in the state, maybe Cincinnati, Ohio State, now rival. Iowa, Iowa State, they hate each other, right? So the fact that they one gets played, one doesn't, it's gonna now that's assuming that happens. And I, I am still I'm kind of a weird, weird position here. I'm an A P voter. I really love voting. I want the, I want the teams to play. Now if it's if it's safe. I want them playing. So I, I'm rooting for the games to happen. I know we had to call Bill from wherever he was from a couple of weeks ago. Didn't think that we thought that. But Scott said him straight. I said him straight. So we, we want to see the games played definitely. 
Some games, at least. Uh, you're not gonna <laughs> well, I hey, looked at I the would, schedule. Uh, I don't I would, think the would, Big Ten's changing its mind. I wow. would gladly take, uh, you know, talking about Illinois Bowling Green uh, as much yeah. as that may not excite, oh, yeah. excite uh, the fan base right now than talking about no football at all this fall. I, I did something that I hadn't done yet. I looked at the TV schedule. There's a great couple sites that you look at the TV for college football. The real games really started the 12th, obviously. And there's some good games early and games I'll watch for sure. And it's going to be so odd because normally I look at those games and I say, well, there was no way to watch that because I'd be covering Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. But now I can look and see, oh, Georgia's playing Vanderbilt. I'll be able to watch that. There's storylines and there's teams we would want to watch. Iowa State we want to watch. Uh, USCF we would want to watch because we know players and coaches. So what the heck? Well, in, f- in the college football playoff uh committee or yeah. college football playoff came out today and said that they were uh, going to unveil their first set of rankings, I think, November 17th with their right. final rankings set for December 20th uh, right now. And if they do go ahead and, and have a, are able to play the ACC, SEC, Big 12 and have a full season and have a 14 playoff, it's going to be so weird because the Big 10 and the Pac-12 can't factor into that discussion at all. And what do you do if say Cincinnati or UCF goes undefeated in their conference. They still won't get in. <laughs> no, but that, that'd be awesome if they did. A lot of it depends on who they play otherwise. Well, the, the, but the problem with those guys is a lot of it, and I don't know the specifics on like the American Athletic Conference, but you're going to be playing just conference foes essentially. I know, Army, right. I know Army released kind of a revised schedule today. They were slated before today to only play four games. Now they're up to 11 games, but one of the games is against, I think, Abilene Christian. Right. Uh, it's just going to be some weird matchups when they the, the teams that aren't playing a conference only schedules get a chance to to actually play. What are your thoughts? Anybody can jump in on this. Your thoughts about Big Ten football playing maybe January, February in a bubble like situation in dome st- stadiums, maybe you know two or three games a day. Yeah, I see. I see Bob itching to answer well, this. You skipped that column. Thank you for previewing that column for Wednesday. Good. I wrote about Glad this. To do that for you. I I like the idea of playing in in the winter, and Matt's read the column, so he knows. I definitely favor the January, February, March thing. I don't favor the domes. I favor home home games in the snow because, as Matt knows, because I say this all the time, I love games in snow. So, and actually, the weather might be a pretty bad. Might be fine. I don't care. Guys are tough. They, you know, the NFL plays in January, in the middle of winter. They're fine. They 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 can play. So I think, I think I want to see college football in the spring, but it has to be early, because you've got to create a gap between the end of that season, which I have SA games, and the beginning of the 2021 fall season, which I have started in October. So I, I think, I think the the dome idea was not just the weather. Right. I, I, I know. They were trying yeah. to, to make a. Some mini bubbles out of it. So I get to speak. that, and I think that's a fine idea. Um, I I would not do that, but I I think some people look at that and say, yeah, why not? I don't I don't like the idea of having both teams having to travel. So that's a problem for me. I want one team traveling, one another team not traveling. The other thing, and I'll sh- shut up now, is I want to see testing like Illinois is doing. Okay, I want to see everybody, every team in the Big Ten, you have to test seven days a week. Maybe more, but at least seven days a week. You're going to test every day. You're going to work, hook up with the Illinois people. They're doing this right now. You're going to test them every day, every week, all the time. And that will be not safe completely, but pretty darn safe if you do it like that. So I think that's a must. 
I'd like to make one note about the weather in January yes. in Big Ten country. Yeah. I covered an Illinois-Minnesota game in Minneapolis on January 30th, two Basketball. years ago. Yeah. It was, yeah. So I was inside, but outside, which is where they would play a football game. Sure. Uh, the wind chill was negative 54. That'd be tougher. Layer up. <laughs> that might that that game. Uh, out, out I, I, I did layer underwear. up in my sprint from my Uber to Williams Arena, and Insane. it was like so cold, like it it was physically painful. I built in a week of of open week in my schedule toward the end, so you could maybe put, postpone that game again to the last week. So if you couldn't play because it's minus fifty eight, because you probably shouldn't play in minus fifty eight, so. I, I get that. I mean, I know there's going to be some times, but all, oftentimes, we've seen it. I've been here for 30 years. Oftentimes, January and February can be steep plays golf then, right? Yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah and so there can be could be 60. So uh, it's football. It doesn't have to be 60 for me to play golf in January. Of course. But, so but, certainly but, they can play football at 60. 45. Sure. Yeah, 35. Yeah. <laughs> Not too windy. But I get your point on that. I, I see both sides of that. And the other thing about playing it in January and February is that you could get, theoretically, you could get eight games in. That's what I said. And still come back with a full season in the fall. Play regular season. Six, I had six months between the two. Six months, that's enough. Yep. I, I, now, spring ball, obviously, maybe it should be gone anyway. I mean, permanently spring ball, probably we should get rid of it. But uh, I think, obviously, for the near future, they'll be gone. 535 is the time. 3569397 is the number. I'm going to talk some Illinois basketball. Scott Ritchie, the expert there, will do that after we take this time out on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show. Moving up on 539, heading towards the 6 o'clock hour, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, with some update on the high school scene, Matthew. Uh, yeah, the uh, Illinois High School Association Board of Directors uh, met uh, earlier today. In part of their meeting, they approved a plan to conduct a modified postseason state series tournament in boys and girls golf, boys and girls cross country, girls swimming and diving, girls tennis this fall, and those are the only fall sports that are currently going on. The, uh, the plan will allow for a single round of regional geographic competition to be conducted the week of October 19th through 25th, with the majority of those expected to be held on Saturday, October 24th. So in essence, no state tournaments uh, for all those sports. I know they had kind of left open the idea in, in late July when they approved their modified calendar for all four seasons now that uh, state series events might be held, but uh, this was kind of the the way they seem to be leaning throughout where it was just going to be localized and, and regionalized and don't know exactly what that'll, that'll look like yet. And another kind of interesting note as well approved by the board today, the uh, IHSA softball state tournament, which has been in East Peoria since 2001, is uh, going to be in Peoria starting in, in 2021 at the Louisville Slugger Complex. And I know uh, there are five cities that have put in bids, including Rain Tool with their uh, – Rain Tool Family Sports Complex that's under construction, but uh, Peoria gets the uh, the next state softball tournament, hopefully in 2021. Let's talk some college basketball now. Scott Ritchie going to jump in here on this. Speaking of the bubble idea, you've kind of floated around, and some people have floated around a possible bubble strategy for college basketball. Your thoughts on that? Do you think, uh, you think college basketball can get by without something like that or do you think it should be one of the 
um, ideas on the table for consideration, or both. I think it's probably the only way it happens. Do you think? Um, and mostly because basketball in a bubble has been proven to be effective. Right. You know, the TBT was the first to do it back in early July. Then the NBA and WNBA both are still going strong in the bubble. I think for college basketball, it'd be more TBT style. Not, I mean, the NBA is going to be in the bubble for three plus months, but go somewhere a bunch. 16 teams for two weeks everybody plays however many games you can squeeze in into that time and and maybe do it again and you'd like you get some non-conference games that way and this is kind of looking in the post thanksgiving into mid-january sort yeah, of natural ever, bubble already does everybody stay there for that yeah, i think I mean, so. that's what a bubble and is i get that yeah. but you, you'll have the the argument if you will about Class work and all that stuff. Well, right. I think classes will be mostly online well, anyway. at that yeah, point anyway, because you know, a lot of campuses are basically going to close after you know f- when they go on Thanksgiving break and no one's coming back for a month and a half or, or two. Right. But um, and the bigger conferences obviously could afford and schools and those going to may afford to do that a little easier. But I think that's where I think the NCAA has to step in because they are incentivized to making a season work because they need to play an NCAA tournament next spring, whenever. It doesn't have to be March, but they've got to play one. So, you know, float, you know, the swack a little money. Make sure that (laughs) their teams can get to a bubble somewhere. Well, I think think it brings up uh, not kind of the the elephant in the room, but the, the topic that a lot of people don't like to talk about, especially those involved in college athletics, is these this notion student athlete and I get it they are students that that is a large chunk of their time in colleges to attend classes but as we've seen over these last five and a half months you can learn in many different ways and I think with these college athletes if you take them if you take the Illinois men's basketball team and remove them from Champaign for a two-month period to wherever this bubble hypothetical bubble may be they can still get classwork done and I think that's something that needs to be taken seriously by athletic directors and coaches and university presidents and saying, okay, yes, ideally they are on campus taking their classes, but here at the University of Illinois, two-thirds of the classes this semester are remote learning anyway. There's only about a third of classes are going to have in-person instruction, so why not benefit the university as a whole and remove them from the setting if uh, maybe there's a bubble that they create here in Champaign so they don't have to to do so but I think that is something that seriously needs to be discussed is the fact that these are college athletes who make millions and millions and millions of dollars for their sport their universities their communities and yes they are amateurs per se but they're a lot of them play sports for the fact that they provide so many other things to their universities and that a lot of times too is just the financial ramifications of everything i think if this happens and it clearly delineates that college athletes are different than your regular student athlete which sends you down the slippery slope of they're not being i mean they're getting i'll forestall any calls or texts or emails (laughs) they're getting a scholarship which has tremendous value but the money being made on top of that is just extraordinary and they're not seeing any of it 
do you pay all of them? No one can afford that. Well, some teams could, programs could afford that. Most couldn't. That's why I still think the Olympic model is the best. If you've got a name, an image, or a likeness that you can profit off of, profit off of it. I don't care how, how it happens. I agree. How do sumo would be, have some value in Champaign-Urbana would you, and Chicago and most of the country? So, yes, he should be able to make money off of his name and likeness. I don't think there's any question about that. Kofi, same thing. I, really, I think all sports. I think if you have a great baseball player, same thing. Makes perfect sense. Why they didn't that 20 years ago is beyond me, but they, they can fix the mistake now. And I'm sure they could figure this out, but I'm not, you know, you think about where you would have these locations and would you be able to find sites and arenas that would be available for a month-long session of games? In the That's why I think, I don't think it can be that long. I think it's got to be two-week stretches where right. you, I think you're more likely, A, more likely to find an open arena to play at and B, just running it for a month or two months like that. Well, and, and it's, it's not the NBA. I mean, that's costing the NBA a fortune sure. to do what it's doing in Orlando. I, I mean, no awesome. one knows, you know, what it'll be like come January or February or anything. But, you know, if you take the fan part out of the conversation, you look here in Champaign, you could host games at State Farm Center. You could host them at Oven. Those are two venues right away. And I don't mm-hmm. – I think coaches – and just the perception, if they're not going to want to play in a practice no, I agree. facility, True. and it wouldn't be good for TV. I mean, it'd be hard to televise yeah. it. Yeah. Real, real arena, real arenas. That makes yeah. sense. And on one hand, it'd, it'd be good for television. The, the crews would could be set up there at one location for a couple of weeks and not have to to move around as much as they normally do. So, obviously, TV would would be the big thing because no fans are getting in to watch, and it would be a a must-see TV kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, we've had the, the NBA playoffs on, uh, you know, here in our office the last couple of weeks, and, you know, numerous people have passed by and said it's almost just like the NCAA tournament where there's games going on all day. And uh, I think if the Big Ten were to create a quasi-bubble of, of some sort, uh, no matter where that location may play out, I think you could have a run of games, you know, throughout the day. They don't just have to be at 6 or 8 o'clock at night or anything like that. I, I think... You know, TV and uh, ESPN and all the other outlets that televise college sports would be starving for live sports content in the months of January and February. So uh, I think that's uh, it's definitely a viable option. Some other Illinois basketball news. Last week, uh, Andre Corbello uh, was shown on Twitter or Instagram or maybe both in his uh, new Fighting Illini uniform with the number five on it. He had previously wore number 11 and probably thought he was going to wear number 11. Pretty good year. chance he might have. Yep, and that uh, turned out Oops. to be uh, Io's number, and Io will keep that number, no doubt. But number five is a nice uh, number to pick for the young guy. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a little history with yep. that number, uh, especially and in a backcourt with a guy wearing number 11. Exactly. Uh, so let's just you know, just set the expectation super high <laughs> for that group, not that they're not you know, already there, but. Yeah, so that's one number we know. Uh, the rest of the freshmen, and I think you know, Andre just shared that himself. The, right. the rest of the numbers haven't been released yet, but would assume Adam Miller. I mean, he's worn forty-four quite a bit, so I would think my I'd favorite number his. But uh, oh yeah, Henry Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, of course. So that's so, you know, always something to look forward to is who's wearing what. Right. Another name on the roster, a 
preferred walk-on. Yeah, well, they had two preferred walk-ons right. announced today because first day of classes, and they can. Yeah, they're here. I mean, that that's the you know, walk-ons can't be you know part of the conversation not here until, until they're here. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so Connor Servin was one we already knew, and he's a six-nine forward you know, from Bushnell originally, but played his last two years at St. Rita in Chicago. Uh, the, the newest uh, is. Do you Ed think he told Brandon Lieb to commit to Illinois so he wouldn't be responsible for just guarding Kofi Coburn in in practice? It was like, I, mean, I need some help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think between those two and Jermaine Hamlin, I'd still I'm not sure that'd be enough. But uh, the, the newest sort of addition is Edgar Padilla Jr., who is uh, another point guard from Puerto Rico. He actually, obviously, he grew up playing against Andre Curbelo. And then his dad, um, Edgar Padilla, obviously, being a junior, um, played at UMass for is John Calipari. Was on the Final Four team in '96. Yeah, I remember him. I do too. Yeah, yeah. He was good. so starting point guard. But, but Edgar Padilla, the the older one, was partially responsible for getting Andre Curbelo to the U.S. Kind of laid out the the path there. So uh, he gets a little assist on Illinois recruitment because you know that's how they sort of were able to really finish that recruitment. And the basketball workouts now are ongoing. Still working uh, with groups of five players at a time, right? Yeah, and that's, you know, Brad Underwood told me last week that they're going to continue that for the first couple weeks starting today with classes back in session just to kind of see how that all works and because players will, I mean, obviously most, the majority of classes are remote learning at Illinois, but some are in person and some of the basketball players could be in one of those. So we'll see kind of what happens health-wise on that front. But uh, if all things go According to plan, they'll be looking at more contact, maybe some full team workouts. Uh, it'd be in, I guess, about three or so weeks. I think we're kind of expecting some kind of word by mid-September on what the basketball world is thinking about uh, collegiately. If you had a crystal ball, what do you think the time frame would be for, do you think there'll be any non-conference games? And you think some of those might be in the month of December or even late November? I think that's a possibility. And you know, the decision coming middle of next month is NCAA is not extending itself too far. There's gonna, they'll know then whether the season will start on time or not, which would be in a regular year, early November. Right. Doubt that happens. But I could see games being played. I think there's a lot of I think, positive feeling that something can happen starting in late November in that post-Thanksgiving world they'll find themselves in. Because that'll be sort of how they've operated all summer, where the teams are on campus and able to sort of self-isolate that way just without you know the entire student body present. And, uh, yeah, I, th I was doubtful at first that they could get non-conference games in. thought it would always be kind of like a Big Ten only, in Illinois' case, schedule. But... It won't be the same non-conference schedule, obviously, that Brett Underwood put together, which was a, a tough one, but I think there will be you know, a, a chance, at least, for something to maybe you know, do a little work before you know everyone just hammers on each other for however long in Big Ten play. Scott, don't you think basketball will be easier to maintain the healthy status of the teams because of the size of the teams? Unlike football and maybe even baseball, the you know double, triple the size of the squads. Basketball, you can probably keep ten people healthier than you know fifty in football or twenty five in baseball. 
Well, if you just look at the a whole roster, football rosters are five times as big as right. Basketball. So it should yeah, be so pretty easy. If I think Brr. it'll be easier, but yeah. I'd, but it'll be interesting it's, too it's with basketball. This will be a time where I say I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it'll be interesting too with basketball though, just because they do have a smaller roster size. What happens though if one of their players tests positive? What's the ripple effect of that throughout their their whole team? And and obviously we don't know those answers right now. 5.53, we know that, and we know we have time for one more break, and we've got some final words for you after this. Stay with us. A guy that we all know and respect in his field, Tim Sinclair, yet another uh, job on his PA list. He's going to be the PA voice of the Chicago Bears, Matt. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Scott talked to him earlier today about we'll a story in, in Tuesday's paper about it, but the, uh, the Champagne native keeps adding his name to a litany of pro sports teams. He's already the PA voice of the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. He's been down in Florida for about six, seven weeks now in, in the NBA bubbles and the WNBA bubbles as well. And, uh, does the Chicago Fire games as well for the MLS? Obviously, here in Champaign, does Illinois men's and women's basketball? So he's just uh, he's checking off all the boxes, and uh, you know I, I don't think he told Scott, and this will be in the paper tomorrow too. But that the, the if there's any overlap, uh, if there's any overlap, <laughs> <laughs> the the Bears I think are kind of the the number one priority. Although, and he addressed it too, and you, he talked to you, Scott, just the uniqueness of being a PA announcer when there's no fans in, in the stands, and, and that's something that the Bears are going to start their season off next month with no fans at Soldier Field. But uh, another cool opportunity for uh, for Tim Sinclair. And, and in terms of overlap, I mean, there's eight home games on the schedule, and then you know, may, you know, probably not any playoff games if we're going to be honest. But and so, and they're <laughs> mostly weekends, mostly Sundays. Yeah. So he's. Kind of hoping there won't be a ton uh, of overlap, but it was, he said the NFL was the one thing he could add, like realistically add to his schedule and still oh. do everything else. Well, he's got a little overlap anyway with the NBA and college basketball. He could probably tell us how many miles are between each town on 74 from Champaign to Indy, and then he'll he's, be, he's, an, he's an expert on, on from 57 Champaign all the way up to, to Chicago. But he, he did joke, because he did a couple of White Sox games last year, just as NFL in capacity, the joke that... Uh, NHL is the only thing he hasn't done yet from the the big four, but you know, you know, said you know, maybe there's a chance he could fill in for Gene Honda. Might have to arm day. wrestle Gene. Tim's making some coin too. The NBA, I guess that could be great. Tim, if we need a loan. We should call Tim. I think the University of Iowa needs a loan. They're they're asking for one. Wow. No, they did today. Their athletic oh, director. Seventy five million. Seventy five million dollar loan. I'm not just making that up. Yeah. They're, they're becoming coins. Um, that whole thing, I, I said this on Friday, I think they jumped the gun and come to the sports. I think that was really unfortunate. I think eventually, hopefully soon, we're going to get back to everything being fairly close to normal, have fans in stands, getting all your money. So that seems really short-sighted in my, in my mind, almost like raising an alarm for no reason. So well, A lot of those sports have been that. around a long time, the men's and women's swimming in right. more than 100 years. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. And I don't want to see sports cut anywhere, but certainly they didn't have to do that. And Nebraska furloughed 51 people. I saw that. And they don't list who they were. No. Nope. I noticed that, yeah. So. Baseball tonight. Kansas City is in St. Louis. Cardinals are 9-8 and eight after taking three out of four from the Reds. My new favorite team, the White Sox, <laughs> <laughs> are off tonight. They're 17-12, and 12 and... 
They're exciting to watch. They are. They don't hit many, if any, cheap home runs. No, Jose, Jose Abreu uh, had himself a series uh, up at Wrigley this past weekend, that's for sure. And the Cubs play in Detroit tonight, 6-10, so they're just about to get underway up there. The Cubs are 17-10 and 10 on the season. One golf note, the 98th Illinois PGA Professional Championship, round one today at Medina Country Club. Brandon Moore, Andy Mickelson, and Travis Johns share the lead. A lot of players still in the course. They're five under par. Mike Small was just wrapping things up. Last time I checked, he was on the back nine at minus two. And we'll see how things go with that. Guys, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, Steve. That's Monday Night Sports Talk here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon right here.